The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The intermediate line is brought to you by nervouswater.com. Thomas and Thomas fly rods, Shilton reels, and Cortland fly lines. Power pole, total boat control. Ketterfly apparel, from time on the water to you. Beast brushes, we stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. get started all right so welcome back show listeners to the intermediate line podcast show for the first time this show is international sadly i'm uh i'm here by myself my co-host couldn't make it Voltsy. he had the choice of fishing between fishing all week with me and gian or he had to keep his laser appointment for the hair removal and that's a week-long process so the booking has to put in for someone like that. It has to be a year in advance, so you have to keep it. So sadly, it's just me. So I'm here. I'm sitting across from Gian Boyson in uh, Kings To Be Found Studios. Um, how you going, mate? Oh, g'day, mate. Yeah, good. Good, good. Did it feel unnatural to say g'day, mate? No, yeah. I've, I've been practicing. We've uh, yeah, I've been practicing <laughs> for the last few days. So Yeah, okay. Well, really, really, really good. I've been... Um, I've been trying to not say g'day, mate, while I'm in New Zealand, but I've noticed everyone says it here as well, which is pretty mm, good. Mm. It's a really international flavour. Yeah. Everyone's so nice in New Zealand. New Zealand's a great country. I'm, uh, this is the first time I've ever been here. It's Was awesome. it quite a shock? Not really. No? It does look like um, you know, a nicer version of Australia, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> By that, I mean... It's going to piss people off. It, it, <laughs> Everything we say it pisses people off. It's, oh. uh, it's no shock. No, it's look. It's Australia. I love Australia for sure. But New Zealand's really nice. Yeah. And uh, you know, being able to walk through the bush, and I, I've said this on the podcast before when we talk to Kiwis, but uh, 
been out I've always wanted to walk through the bush here and not have to worry about looking at my feet. And mm. That's been a wonderful experience mm. as well. Mm. People have been nice and the snakes have been even nicer because mm. they're not here. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> um, before I get going on this, I wanted to um, firstly say thanks for the invite, you know, uh, um, and you and you, you and your family's hospitality has been absolutely incredible and mind-blowing, mate, and I, I feel really honoured for the invite and be able to stay here. It's been an incredible experience for me personally, and I just wanted to say it on the podcast because I hope your, your, your family listens to it as well, mm. that... Um, from the bottom of my heart, massive thanks. Really appreciate it, man. Oh, man. We loved having you and, yeah, it's definitely had some funny moments. <laughs> oh, it's been some funny moments, mate. <laughs> and on that subject, I also want to give a shout-out to the world's best co-captain and barista uh, on the planet, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, co-captain Dustin Havener. Mm. What a legend, man. That guy was um, – I caught up with Dustin for the first time here. You guys um, worked together as well, right? Yep. Good mates, live together as well, yeah? We live together, work together, so. Yeah, he's a champion, mate. And um, a lot of the stuff that came to fruition on this trip, as far as fishing is concerned, probably wouldn't have happened without Dustin's uh, help. In, in all sincerity, I'm not even being sarcastic. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. We've had yeah. some um, some challenging conditions, I've got, I've, I'm, I, which I feel fortunate to experience. I'd hate to have seen this place in absolute glam the whole time, which mm. we've definitely had. Mm. But we've had some, um, some diverse weather conditions as well. Um, uh, particularly one day was this incredible wind, which I don't mind fishing in. I really don't. Mm. But line management, if I had to pick the pinnacle of the worst thing to happen with wind, it's the it's the fucking line on the boat. And yep. uh, and co-captain Havener just yep. was there every time to just make sure okay. that it came up off yeah. the floor perfectly. Yeah, and there was a coffee to be had. You know, <laughs> what a legend. So yeah, thanks, man. I no, really appreciate no, it. No problem. And if I could just tail end that one by saying I didn't realise how ironic it was to say tail end but I want to say <laughs> you've missed out Volty suck it mate yeah. <laughs> um, anyway now look Volty couldn't make it because of you know real real issues he didn't pike on it he's um he's just he's just busy with work and it just works out that way that's a lot you know mm-hmm. so but um but I'm here representing Australia mm-hmm. that's worked out well not well but you're trying yeah so so Gian you've been on the show before yep uh I can't remember what episode it was. I probably should have um, been prepared with that before we got on. Um, do you remember what episode it was by any chance for people no. to send back? That's how important it was to you, right? You just yeah. don't even care what episode yeah. it was. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, I'm flattered that it was such a big deal to you, mate. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, look, people can search for it. I don't even know. That's probably saying something as well. That's how important it was to me. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, it was great having you on the first time. But for those who don't didn't listen or don't know who you are, do you want to just tell us a little, you know, just briefly who you are, what you do, all that sort of stuff? Absolutely, absolutely. So I think uh, like most of the, most of the listeners, uh, just yeah, I'm someone that has a, a passion for fish. Uh, I live in Tauranga, New Zealand. So it's on the, the northeastern uh, side of the North Island. And uh, yeah, I mean, to to sum up my passion quickly, it's it's mostly for flats fishing or shallow water fly fishing, and we we target kingfish, snappers, trevally, uh, kahawai, yeah, all these species here. Mm. I think um, you know, I think people would know if they know what you're talking about when you talk about shallow water species, and if they don't understand the species, we're talking about saltwater fly fishing. Absolutely, which yeah. is which. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh no, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that. No, we're talking about proper fly fishing here. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's a and when people think of fly fishing in New Zealand, it's yeah. it's very easy for them to jump to the I mean Absolutely. the world class trout fishery that's Absolutely. here. It really is. It's it's yeah. it's incredible. Uh, I'm not experiencing it. I'm um, even when I came through customs and I had to declare my flies and stuff like that, they said to me, "Are you fishing? What trout stream are you fishing? I'm not I'm not going anywhere near a trout." And they've gone. Well, what are you fishing for? You know, they yeah. were they were really blown away, and they go, "But it says here you're declaring flies," and I'm like, "Yeah, mm. and you're not fly fishing for trout. Mm. What are you?" I had to. They were they were blown away. They were. It's so that bad. that's an indication of how, um, uh, in a, a youthful, I guess, the sort of fly fishing is here in New Zealand. And I don't want to offend people when they hear, hear me saying that, because the people that have been doing it have been doing it for a long time here, and it's it's old here for the people that have been doing it. Probably a better way to put it is there's such a small population of people doing it here. Would that be fair to say, do you think? I think it's perfect. Yeah. I think the general perception of saltwater fly fishing in New Zealand is that many people know about it, particularly in Australia. Um, a lot of my friends who, who know that I was coming here, which I sort of kept under wraps, I didn't put it up publicly anywhere, have all said to me, let me know how you go on the Kings, you know? Mm. They, they all know about it. But mm. uh, And for me, I mean, your namesake says that Kings to be found as well, you know? Like, it's it seems like it's such a... And it is a big part, and it is a jewel in the crown for what's going on here. But the variety of species here, the variety of situations here, is um, it's mind blowing. It's it's I've I've fished a lot of places around Australia, a few places around the world, and I would put this in like like I, it's hard, I wouldn't categorize anywhere as the best, you know. Yeah. But but it is incredible. It's yeah. a mecca. It really is, and it is. Which we'll get into later on in the show, but it's um it's a completely undersold resource in my opinion, which I want to explore through this podcast, <clears throat> and I hope we can translate that to the people that are listening. You know, it'd be great to see. Um, I think a lot of people that are experiencing in saltwater fly fishing and particularly sight casting fish on the flats would be blown away, absolutely blown away. You know, um, one of the experiences I I I I wanted to share right now is that um. The odd part of doing it in such a cold climate, you, you know, like if it wasn't for the temperature, mm. you and um, well, it wasn't for the temperature and the difference in species, let's say, but let's just say the way that you look hunt for these species in the type of water and the clarity of the water and, and everything like that, you could be anywhere in the world, you know, that's for sure. It's it's weird to to pinch yourself and realize how cold it is, mm. which is um which is odd for a, as you would expect for a Queenslander for sure, but um yeah. yeah. But you know what I'm saying, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's um, it's been it's been a great experience. But um, I guess um, yeah, I guess we could start at the start, I suppose. So like I've been here for four days now. Um, this is the last day. I'm about to fly out today. Uh, and in those four days, it's been like we said earlier, alluded to. There's been a lot of different conditions, um, a lot of variety of scenarios, um. But and a lot of uh, and a few different approaches to other saltwater fly fishing destinations. Mm. And I guess my question to you, first up here, Gian, is why the fuck have I been getting out so early, mate? <laughs> oh man, well, yeah. Even even in the lower light, we've got a lot of a uh, uh, lot of approaches available. We could be looking for wakes in the shallows. Uh, we've got a lot of structure. This is, uh, you know, marker pylons that we can fish. Um, yeah, we're not we're not limited to uh, 
intense sunlight for our flats fishing. Mm. Um, there's a lot of uh, leeward areas, uh, so even you know, even if it's looking for wakes or you you yeah, you definitely don't need that intense uh, sunlight. Mm. And capitalizing on that low light and uh, new day sprouting, uh, you know, with the fish being hungry, it's def definitely something I like doing. Oh, look, it's, I mean, most people who are at this stage of their fishing career where they're looking at a trip like this would know very well that fish hunt in low light, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, the first day we rocked up to the boat, I'm like, what are we doing here, man? What's, what's the go? And you're like, I'm like, what are we going to do? Just cruise around and wait till the sun comes up? And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. We're gonna, <laughs> we can see, we can see bow waves. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'm sort of thinking like, um, this could be pretty vague. It's, it's, it was still kind of dark at the time, but that first bow wave I saw, it was like, oh shit. That's, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a submarine cruising there. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's not hard, not hard to get. The other thing I suppose is, you know, on the first day, it was, it was overcast the whole time, you know, yeah. like, well, it wasn't in the morning. Like then we ended up the, the day changed from about lunchtime. It would just end up being rain the whole time and stuff. But those flats, the, the clear sand, um, the broken, the broken, actually the weed offers that contrast to keep focus on the bottom. That's right. If it was just completely, you know, white sand, like it, you, you'll be questioning yourself looking through that cloudy conditions as to can you actually see the bottom. But I also noticed that, um, which we'll get onto this earlier because, you know, ray riders are a big part of fishing for kingfish, but the rays are, you can, that's, that's your focal point. You know, they, they, they move so you know that's not patches of rubble. It's a, it's a dark black spot that's moving through. You can't see the fish, but you know that, you know, the species of rays that they're on. Right. Yeah. And so it's easy to, to, um, to not, to have an economy of shots and not casting at every ray. Mm -hmm. And, and to know that there's a, a what, well, what seems to me in the four days, at least a, a high 90s chance that there's a, a king sitting on it, you know, for sure, yeah, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, that variety of conditions is, um, is huge. I guess on that as well, like um, I don't think people realise how big Tauranga Harbour is. Did I nail that then? Oh, man, you, you clutched it. People, people will tell you you've been practising. I have had a hard trouble pronouncing that name. <laughs> Before we get on to that, I, you know, like it's uh, you talk about an, an Aussie in a different country. When I was running, I was running late between the connection yeah. flights for the for the international to domestic, and the first dude I came up to it was in Air New Zealand. I'm like, oh, okay, mate, how you going, mate? I'm uh, I'm running late for my flight. I tried not to be Aussie when I was in a different country. You know, uh. I'm I'm traveling by myself. There's no one to sort of um ask what do you reckon and stuff. But and he goes, where are you going? I'm going, I'm going to Tauranga. <laughs> and he didn't even blink. He must hear it all the time. It's, yeah. a, it's an odd, it's an odd um, town to pronounce, but Toronga is, um, yeah, it's rolling off the tongue now. It's good. Yeah. I feel, yeah, it's great. It's great connection to the place to be able to at least pronounce the name right. You know? yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the variety of, of fishing here, you know, we talk about being able to fish the place in low light, which is, an, I don't know if you know, it's an, an unusual thing. Um, you know, other flats fisheries, you know, it's a late, it's a gentleman's house. You know, you, you, you want the sun to be high to be able to see the fish. I'm sure that you could fish bow waves for other species. I've no doubt in my mind, but it's the rays that really change that. You know, the bow waves, I don't think, I don't know if people realize how big kingfish get, you know. Um, if you've ever seen a dolphin on the flats, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what some of these kingfish look like. It is, yeah. it is incredible. I'm sure that dudes who fish for tarpon probably see the same thing in the, in the morning. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, 
I don't, I don't you, know how long. You, you joke about it, but mm. we've, we've had clients that, you know, the initial reaction is, or they question, you know, is that a dolphin mm. uh, coming down the flat? Mm. Uh, you, you definitely think twice about the animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the bowers, I mean, we sort we, I'm, I'm drifting off what I want to, what I want to go, but I'll go this way a little bit. There's times where we, in, in full sun, in, like there's no question what they are. Like have first seen a bow wave because it might be coming from the glare direction. And then when you see those fish next to the boat, whew, it's oh. um, it's pretty wild. <laughs> you know what? I, I can't imagine how many times you've seen it, Gian. And like I watch, when we see it like through the week, we've seen, you know, we fished together. Like it was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly like, um, you know, like a, a, a client guide scenario. So we're both fishing. We're both wanting to put that fly in front of that fish and watching an ex- such an experienced kingfish fisherman just go buckling at the knees. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's incredible, hey. It yeah. happens to us all, way. Right? Yeah, yep. yeah, um, yeah. You're talking about fish that are, that are hunting, you know, fifty centimeter mullet. You know, like to give you an idea of the size of the fish, yep. without pulling the things out of the water. Which you know what I mean. We're estimating those fish at between twelve hundred and thirteen hundred long. I reckon they, they could be even bigger when you pull them out of the water, you know? Yeah. You know, like some of those fish that we caught, then when you put them on the tape, they look small in the water. People would simulate with that experience. A lot of fish look smaller in the water until you pull them out. Mm. They were big animals. They were big animals like, yeah, yeah. You could put a saddle on those things. <laughs> anyway, the variety, the variety of fishing, you know, like it's, like I said, the, the low light, whether it's clouds or it could be even a flat that's in the lee but in the shade because of the time of day. It's the rays that that um that really separate that out, you know. It's the, the ability to see that big black disc cruising. Yeah. You know, you could miss a lot of fish if it wasn't for those fish having that behaviour of, of riding the rays. Mm-hmm. And the the you know, like that's that's huge, you know. Um, but as far as that variety is going, like I I've noticed that the the harbour in Tauranga has got that many islands and um uh, large escarpments and cliff faces that. There's always somewhere in the glass. Like we experience, what I would est- I could only estimate to be 25 knot winds gusting more on um, what was it Tuesday, uh, Wednesday afternoon. Mm. Um, there was you know it was it was white capping on the flats. You know, it was mm. it was pretty crazy. If it wasn't for Dustin, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, There's no way we were, we were fishing. And we were still finding them. Mm. We were still finding them. Oh, and- absolutely, absolutely. We'll find it. Well. We could have put ourselves in glass, you know, um, and I'm sure that if you needed to for whatever client you had on, if someone didn't like the fish to win, you'd be able to find ray riders in, in glass in conditions like that. I am a sadistic person and like to really torture myself, but <laughs> no, I um, I don't mind the wind. I, I, I think the wind, you can get closer to the fish. Yeah. Which is great, you know. Yeah, and with Dustin at hand. Yeah. You know, three of us on the boat definitely made things easier that would be the thing that would put me off that fishing in the wind aspect of it is just the management of the fly line that's the only thing really it's just what what's the point in making a cast of fish if you're just going to pull up a, a macrame bird's nest every time you know yeah so it's um yeah so without dustin it would have been great so yeah <clears throat> um uh yeah so yeah like covering that i suppose you got you know you, like you said earlier you got the markers and, and things like that as well markers didn't work out for me unfortunately mm. i was really keen to um of which I've seen on video to see those those fish on poppers and stuff, but mm. you know, um, it wasn't to be this time. Um, interestingly enough, I learned 
<clears throat> excuse me, I'm talking to you and Dustin in regards to trying to get my handle around this is is that those poppers will work on the flats too. Absolutely. And sight fishing with poppers uh, in a way that's not a gimmick at all. Like that's what it looks like to me, honestly. Like you know, when I think of a fish that eats a popper on the flats, like that's that you're sight fishing is it's a it's a fish that might do it, but you guys don't look at it like that. You guys look at it as like it's a great option, you know. Man, hands down, it's firstly one of my favorite ways of of uh, approaching fish, especially the larger guys mm. and the the audible aspect. You know, just just hearing the explosion on the surface. Mm. Uh, yeah, nothing uh, quite matches that. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to get away with a little bit because, like, for me, you know, I mean, sight fishing and poppers, the the two the two pinnacles of of um of ways to fish. You know. Yeah. And when you talk about it like it, it's your preferred way to fish, if you take, you know, if you take your own ambition out of the equation, like yeah, you know, as we hunt fish, the best way to approach it is like you know, your consideration of what you want to do is last, right? It's um, but it's it's although it is your favorite way to do it, you can still approach the popper fishing on the flats like that. If you know what I mean, like it's yes. a, it's enough. The fish yeah. don't care what your favorite way to fish yeah. is. And it's an effective way. It's an a super effective way, yeah. Like the way they react to, react to the poppers and stuff is yeah. is incredible. There was times that I can remember um, <clears throat> that, you know, we would present a shrimp fly, which which we'll probably bring up in conversation later, is, is, is by far the most popular way to hit those fish on the flats. Um, um, where one person present the fly, if they rejected it or they, or they danced around it and decided not to pick it up, the popper goes in. You know, and then they'll react completely different again. It's um, it's a really cool way to do it. If you got two angles on the boat, you could probably share your time. Like, who's on the shrimp? Who's on the popper? You know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we discovered something new yesterday too with the with the beast fly. Oh yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. you done that before with the beast? Uh, not not that size beast. So that was a, a different caliber there. Mm. Mm. Well, what? So what what did you see with that beast? What did what did you think? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's such a it, here we go <laughs> yeah, yeah it's um well okay here's a scenario right we we came across a, a flat yesterday um oil slick conditions perfectly calm <clears throat> probably the most challenging sight fishing conditions you can get really great player comfort but not good for um presenting the dolphin kingfish came up on the flat <laughs> three of them that were just um were man super intimidating fish um uh are you gonna put are you gonna put the footage up but that's one that, yeah, so, we'll, yeah okay we'll so, so gian's keep your eye on social media guys because gian's got this this epic footage he took of the drone he was on the drone i was on shot and these fish came in a shot with me and i had i had a bongo fly on which was um not something the guide would recommend <laughs> um although wouldn't be not surprising for a kingfish to eat it at the same time. In fact, we were out, we weren't up there chasing kings. We were up there chasing snapper in the shallow water like that, and and snapper had already eaten that fly, so that's the reason it was on. Didn't have the time to change it over. It was what it was. I still felt confident that thing would eat it based on what I've seen kingfish eat prior. Um, for those who see a bongo fly, it's just it looks like a little shrimp type imitation. You know, it could be it could be a shrimp or it could be a what they call piper here or a small garfish sort of thing. Anyway, made that shot, um, put a shot in where the fish reacted. They look like they, they should, they could have eaten it. Should have, you'll see the footage. They look, yeah, 
Most people would probably be thinking it's about to eat. But for whatever reason, they decided not to eat it. From that point on, we swapped shots. Gian had shots. He put a shrimp fly in, like a shrimp fly that he knows kingfish eat, you know. And then um, and we ch- proceeded to chase those fish around. And that's as a side point. Those fish are such bosses. Like, you know, like any other flats fish would have, like, known we were there and would have been gone. See you later, you know. That, and that's not all kingfish. Like, the, the kingfish that are, like, seemingly, like, around a meter or under, they take off like a scalded cat too, but you, you people need to understand like the size of these fish. These things are, these things know that they're the kings, you know, that's for sure. So they, they, they weren't intimidated by us at all. So, but, but I, I feel like in a situation, you and I took an approach that we, we weren't spooking them. You know, people need to understand we weren't driving over the top of them or anything like that. We were staying off them and making careful measured approaches that I would think would be suitable for any flats fish, in, in my opinion. The point is that, after many great shots in there, they, they didn't eat. They they showed interest. They they follow it. They they'd have a look, and then the beast fly came out. We realised that in in those shallow water, like in up in, like these fish were in about maybe thigh deep water, maybe chest deep for Volte, um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but they were in pretty shallow water, as you'll see from the video footage. And the fish that the the fish that was also up there was a lot of lot of mullet. And the mullet, like we're saying, did 50 centimeter, 30 centimeter, probably some bigger than 50 centimeter fish. You know, it was upon discussing it on the boat with each other, we realised those fish needed the, needed the groceries. They wanted the meat. You know, the first time the beast beast fly went out, it was, it went into the glare, and I didn't even realise that the, the fish was there. Like the the two, there was a pack of three. The two lead fish went past us, but there was a, a another fish behind it that didn't realise. So I put the rod under my arm and started bringing in for another shot. And 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 that submarine just came up behind it and just stuck his nose on that fly and just followed it all the way to the boat, like all the way to the boat, like the leader was in in the in the rod tip. <laughs> Incredible, man! It's um so that happened with those fish, um and the reaction that beast fly got to those fish on the on the ray riders as well, you know. Yep. Um, yep. Shrimp fly goes in like it's um they dance around to have a look at it. Shrimp fly goes back, they they ignore it. Shrimp fly goes back again. They don't even look like they're interested in even curious at all. Beast fly goes over it. That thing lights up like a Christmas tree and just races over. And it's almost, as, you know, they're not small fish. The beast fly is probably half the size of the fish. Mm. I said to you, I said, how how could they even think that they could put that in their mouth? Mm. But the reaction is there. I think that um, on those days that, I mean, you might be able to shed some light on it, that the kingfish probably weren't as happy as they they can be you know like you know like i was it was um i mean we we still we still caught well we'll go through the species we caught we, we caught kings for sure and in all scenarios but um excuse me except for poppers um but you know in many circumstances um they would they would they would have seen a fly and, and changed their mind many times but the beast that large beast fly got a reaction every single time yeah. after the fish had shown signs of just not showing interest or knowing we were there or, or anything like that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's a big, big, uh, energy reward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, I just want to check what I've got written down here cause I've got a, it's a, it's a pretty textured, um, approach I want to take to the show in regards, there's so much to talk about here. Um, uh, we, you know, we talked about those ray riders. Do you want to? Do you want to talk? We, we can come, 
come back to Kings if you want, or, or, or did you want to talk about anything else about the Kings? Or? Well, yeah, obviously, Dustin, uh, Dustin and I got to see your emotions and, and see you experience it. So, I mean, if it's okay to ask, I would, I would love to know how you found it. I was actually thinking about this this morning when I was waking up, going over, replaying a lot of stuff in my mind. Um, I reckon, I, I think it's fair, obviously this is a different species, but to compare a popular species, I reckon kingfish on the flats are, are so similar to bonefish, it's not funny. And I don't think people realise that. I came over here with that, that preconceived notion that I was going to feed them bait fish flies. I thought bait fish flies were going to be what kingfish eat because of what I've experienced in Australia. Uh, what I've seen in in, um, in harbors where people have caught them on surf candies and, and you know schooling fish, the behaviour the kingfish display here is some, not 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 something that I've seen before uh, in kingfish, but I've seen it in bonefish. Yeah. By that I mean, and I think people would, would understand. I mean, bonefish have got the nickname "Ghost of the Flats." Kingfish don't look like bonefish. They're not chrome silver. They don't reflect the sky or the sand and stuff. But for some reason, man, whatever color they, they choose to be in the water at that time, they are incredibly hard to see. Yeah. Um, there's fish, I'm talking fish that are, um, you know, 70 to 80 centimeters fish, no slouch. Like a 70, 80 centimeter bonefish would, would be an incredible fish for sure as well. Uh, in fact, man, I've, I've caught bonefish that are like, um, that are estimated, you know, close to 10 pound, you know. A long fish that I put up against my rod and it's gone past past the you know the first feral, you know. Yep. That's easier to see than a than a kingfish. Wow, yeah. You know, and I'm standing on a on an esky or a, as they say over here a chili bin, <laughs> <laughs> in my jandals and um yep. <laughs> and uh and but when I see those bonefish, I'm, it's generally for me in my experience that it's Christmas Island. I'm waiting. I'm even closer to the water, and and I really reckon I wouldn't see those fish waiting when now i'm not talking about the rays because you can see the rays i'm talking about those free swimming kingfish which is a good point because people don't know i don't think people realize that there's a, a huge number of free swimming fish here as well um i yeah that's what i reckon i reckon that they're they're incredibly incredibly similar the the snapper that we've that we've seen up in the flats and in, in the shallow water i would i would put them in with like um you know Permit or Golden Trevally, you know, one hundred percent. Like they are, they are up there. They are hyper aware, and they are, and they are feeding on the same sort of fish. Uh, sorry, same sort of um, crabs and crustaceans, or picking shells or cockles. What do you guys call them? Cockles. Yeah. Out of the sand, they're digging. They're tailing. Yeah. We saw kingfish tailing. You know, yeah. like like sticking a tail like a Golden Trevally. You know, like it's yeah. it's incredible. It is. I cannot express how incredible. How blown away I was coming over here thinking that these ray rides were going to eat bait fish. Yeah. To, to, to having been completely underprepared with my fly selection. Yeah. And, um, and not concentrating on crabs and shrimps so much, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, but that's how, how great was that though, right? How great was that to, uh, to have it be such a surprise? Yeah. It's not at all what you thought it, you know? What yeah. You, what, the, the expectation you had, you had developed in your head. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's where I went wrong, hundred percent. You know, I went wrong with my my preconceived ideas. I um I had an expectation, and I and it's my fault to, to not have communicated more with you before we went. 
this is a different situation. I mean, I've, I've come over as a friend. Like it's, um, I'm sure that if you're going to book Gian, you're going to give people a good spread of, of what to do. And, um, and um, I think in part that you've great, got great satisfaction in watching me fail. You know, that's what I'm, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you. That was a great podcast, everyone. Well, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't mean I failed on the war. I mean I had trials and tribulations for sure. But my I my biggest regret would be my fly selection. You know, and in that I reckon. Um, Do you want to talk about that big fish that ate? Like uh, as an example for for like for the size fly that ate and what it did. You know. Yeah. So. Two, two free swimmers coming across the flat. Um, Dustin and I were making lunch. You know, it always happens at lunch. Um, and uh, what, what, would, what did you say? What were the words? Uh, you guys aren't going to believe this. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some, there's some pretty big fish coming across the flats. Yeah. 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 And um, so how, how big do you think those fish were? Oh, man. Meter to a meter ten. I'm oh, not really? sure. You you saw them you saw them clearer than I did. Uh, I think you're being. I mean, I, I might be sensational, <laughs> but I, th- I think you're being. I think you're being, I think you're being. I think you're being very yeah. conservative. I yeah. think. Um, look, one thing about Gian I've noticed is he's 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 very cautious about setting high expectations, which is what I said earlier. I think this place is undersold. Yeah. I'm I'm I don't think I'm sensationalizing it, and it might sound like it. I yeah. think I think your expectations have been met, but in regards to that fish, I think I wouldn't go that much bigger. I maybe twelve hundred. Yeah. You know. You know? Yeah. But um. Well, you, they. Yeah. I don't think you they, get you get the point. They weren't yeah. under a meter ten. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. that that big fish, and yeah. it was probably probably even skinnier water. It was probably like knee deep water. Yeah. That that yeah. that stuff, you know. Like um. So yeah, these well, guys. We had, we you know we were pottering into the shallows to go have lunch. Yeah, we were. You know, yeah. It was, Putting ourselves out of the position, we were putting ourselves in in such shallow water that we wouldn't be distracted by fish, so we could have lunch. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so that those fish approached. They came from a great angle for wind and sun and everything like that. It was really lucky. They were coming straight at my car, so I could look right down their backs. So I could see them really well, really easily. It was an incredibly lucky setup, you know. And then um, I put one of Gian's magic shrimp flies on. Um. Put the first cast in. They yeah. they they swam over it. I pulled it out. I, I represented it. One of the fish, like they didn't. There's not enough water to tip in. They're too big to tip. It just turned on its side and picked it up with its cheek. Yep. And holy shit. And I think we talked about this after. Like as soon as that thing ate, the line cleared off the floor yeah, like at like that. like a jet. This thing just like the 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 smoke that it kicked up from the dust, the water that it pushed. It was not unlike what I've seen video footage of a tarpon eating. Like the speed and the 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 power, the power of that eat was was absolutely intimidating. So that, so people are probably wondering what, well, why why we're we not seeing a photo? Well, that thing, that thing <laughs> cleared the line and and probably ran 50 meters and the hook pulled, you know. Yep. And that, that's just the story of it. Yep. Once that once everything settled down and um and the disappointment, I man, I, I'm still not disappointed about that. That that eat was that it was so visual. Everything was so cool about it. The eat was cool. The power of that eat was was awesome. I think we'd still be trying to land that thing, you know. That those those fish are, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was on an eight weight. I should point out as well, and um, <laughs> it was. I think that would have taken a long time to land. We would have landed. We would have had to chase it. But um, 
anyway, the, I wasn't disappointed, but like looking back on it, I think we we all all three of us were saying to ourselves when we discussed it, oh no, when it ate. <laughs> I was as well. I was like, oh yep. shit, you know, like this this thing is going to show no respect. But this AWAS is going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see the arbor of this reel in two seconds. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, so it's, it's very doable, but, um, but those fish are smart, right? Yep. Mm. Yeah. Right. I mean, like you said, it's doable. Mm. You've tagged every fish we've, we've caught too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, have you ever got any data back in regards to that? Uh, so the, the head company, they let you know when they get recaught. I've had, uh, a few of my own fish be recaught, uh, especially when I was down in Wellington, uh, fishing the reefs there, the reefs and the, the little inlet. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't personally myself uh, recaught any, but I can see uh, I can see my friends on the flats swimming around with their jewelry now and again. And oh, really? You've seen you yeah, seen yeah, kingfish yeah, yeah. with a tag yeah. hanging out? Oh, absolutely. It's it's uh, quite it's it's more common than you would think. Is the tagging program here popular amongst other anglers? It seems to be growing in popularity. Mm. Uh, more and more people each year mm. uh, thinking that way and, and wanting to tag these fish. Mm. Yeah. Um, and what do, we, what do you know about growth rates? Like I'm trying to get to like, you know, potentially how old and how smart those big fish are. Oh man, so age-wise for, from memory and, you know, sure someone will pull me up on this but it's uh it's a max i think of, of somewhere between that 20 to 25 years old um growth rates i'm not sure of uh that would i'm sure it'd be different in all the locations uh with, with water temperature and, and food abundance um i mean some of the uh, more northern reefs seem to produce particularly large kingfish in very short short periods of time mm. um, and some of the colder climates uh, down even in the South Island of New Zealand, uh, they seem to be older fish and not breach the, uh, not breach the same size. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But that's the idea with the, t- with the tagging program, right? Mm. So ho- hopefully we can get a better idea. We can see if the, um, if the population is, is tending to move more north, more south, how these fish are growing, how many times they get recaught. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a little nerdy things, but yeah, it interests me, that's for sure. It definitely interests me as well. One of the things I found hard to just extract from you was um, was how much work you're putting into data recording for your captures, where you are. <laughs> I, I, look, you know, it might like it might be something that you think that other people aren't interested in, yeah. and and it might not be, you know, but um. But for those that are, dude, I, it, I it's, it's fascinating. Out on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, everything. My my walls at home, my diaries, everything is is uh, data dense, if you want to put it like that. And I'm, I'm not not that they're dissimilar, but I'm equally as passionate about understanding the patterns and the movements of these fish mm. as the actual pursuit of trying to catch them. Mm. You know, I I enjoy that a lot. Mm. I think um, I think if there's going to be one thing that's going to be buried with John Voice, and it's going to be your sounder. It's uh, <laughs> every every time every time there's a fish captured, it's a mark. Every time 
every time you see one, you 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 enter it into your phone. You you talk about the scenario. It's a ray ride. It's a it's a free swimmer. It's a Absolutely. it's a big fish. It's a small fish. It's um direction it's, of travel. Yeah, direction of travel, t- time of the day, tide, all that sort of stuff. And it's um it's I, look, man, I I couldn't imagine that many other people would be collecting as much data on you. You could be like you know collecting more data than anyone else in in any department, governmental department, whatever. Like on on kingfishing, at least Tauranga, you know, mm. for sure. Um, it's fascinating, and like I'm 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 sure that this is already paying off for you. You know, I oh, mean, yeah. we already oh, yeah. did. I mean, this trip has been planned for six months. You know, yeah. And even that far out, I'm like, well, gee, like what. What tides would you um would like me to rock up on? You know, and you're looking in your diary and like, you know, we're in this time, this this tide and blah 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 for whatever reason and um it's good. Make it around this time if you can, you know? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, that's um yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. I'm just thinking that we discussed that. We actually didn't even go and hit those flats that you had designed for those tides either, really, mm. did we? Mm. <laughs> I kept getting distracted on the way. So. Yeah, I mean, it lends weight to how how diverse this fishery is, and how 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 easy or how possible it is to adapt to any scenario given whatever conditions that we couldn't forecast six months out. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been an interesting year in New Zealand as well, as far as weather is concerned. Right? Yeah. It's uh, it's not not normal to have a cyclone like hit New Come Zealand. And... Yeah. How long ago did that hit New Zealand? Oh, what are we? Time flies. I want to say probably about a month and a bit ago. Oh, really? That only that. I didn't yeah, even realize that. Reason, yeah. Look, I could again have that completely wrong. Well, within um, but we've because... had we've uh, this season we've had quite a few uh, extreme rainfalls and and yeah, obviously this the cyclone Chris mentioned. But yeah. Would or, you consider the water dirty where we were? It's mm, dirtier than it definitely normally? cleared on these last few days. Right. It okay. A bit, uh, it was a bit opaque and um to start but but then the the crystal you guys have got what i would say milky flats for mm. sure you guys have got flats of just mm. perfect oceanic gin clear water as well yes. yeah um and and though and it's those flats that i'm referring to when i talk about the kingfish you can't see them you know like and it's yeah. the most clear water there's there was times where you I was only here for four days, but in those four days, the, the one of the hardest things to dial in on for me, no, I wouldn't say the things. One of the things I, I I worked hard on dialing on dialing in on that I've not had to before is the stingrays. Um, there's a lot here. There's two different types, right? Oh, so so two different types of stingrays: the the short-tailed and the long-tailed. And then we've got another species of ray, which is the eagle rays. Um, there's a color difference and uh, body difference. So eagles obviously diamond shaped, uh, and the stingrays are pretty much circular and black, mm. like a big round doormat. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, now, you, I mean, if if you weren't, I would imagine you would have very little economy of shots without knowing that, without traveling with someone who would experience it. You know, like it's um um there there's a very real chance that if you didn't know what you're casting at that you could be casting at say an eagle ray while a normal stingray with rays on it with 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 kingies on it is just swimming right next to you right you know um so the ability to be able to um at least just discern between the species yeah was a very important part of the learning process for me this thing i mean doesn't 
I, I wouldn't I couldn't say it didn't take me long because I had the advantage of fishing with you and Dustin, you know, who can who can tell the difference. Well, on the last day you had trouble picking oh, the difference. Don't between. Be like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few times it. Uh, oh, that was pretty funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Look, yeah. you know, there's um, yeah. You guys are definitely eagle eye for eagle rays, you know. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, look, it's 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 pretty interesting. Yeah. The kingfish fishery yeah. is, is is diverse. It's 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 incredible. Yeah. Um, there's one thing that um that co-captain Dustin picked up on, um, which is I couldn't believe how how achievable this is here is the um. Is the Tauranga Super Slam? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 something a little fresh, and we've only started. Um, I don't want to, not, pushing is not the right word, but you can't promise. Looking at you, you can't promise this to anyone. It's just it's yeah. a slams are a special thing. It's a yeah. yeah. So uh, we haven't really spoken about the Kahawais, but yep, they're yeah. Uh, aerial, uh, incredibly strong pound for pound, uh, amazing takes just just to do it like that quickly. Mm. Um, but we have them as a, as a species. Uh, the silver trevallies just balls of muscle, balls of muscle, uh, uh, soft mouth and and really really interesting fights and takes. And then the the snappers, obviously, which which I'm sure uh, many Australians are. I don't know, Fond of, but but very aware. Very of. fond of. Very like, aware. Of. Snapper are huge in Australia. Yeah, and then uh, the king, as we discussed, and mm. and uh, you know sometimes we manage to to tick them all off in one day, and that's that's quite a feat. It's quite an achievement. Uh, yeah. For people. Yeah. Um, and rightfully so, man. It's bloody hard. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was a rod tip. I was a leader length away from the super slam <laughs> myself. Yesterday, yeah, and um, yeah, you know, well, just a little bit close. If we touched the leader, I would have claimed it, but uh, yeah, it could yeah. only be I should have dived. This my bad, man. You should have yeah. dived. I said it many times. Yeah. Jump in, jump yeah. in, Gian. Yeah. Why are you not jumping in? You know, yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to seen you run across the flat with that net and get that, <laughs> get that thing. Um, yeah, we laugh about it, man, but it's happened. <laughs> yeah. Jumping in and uh, jumping in and then trying to get that. Uh, yeah, get a hold of that fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the Kahawai, like it's um, they're a, they're a great species, and uh, I think, dude, you had one hit that um, yeah, you know, humongous pop. Oh, that that's the, true. I just the, I said earlier we didn't get anything off of, but we did. We got that Kahawai. Like that was um, oh yeah, that was like I, I tied a popper for kings a deer popper on my social media. Like it's uh, it's on a four o four o, SA two ten, which is a huge hook. Mm. Um, the whole popper, the whole length of the popper is engulfed. Well, the whole length of the popper is like an eight-inch popper. You know, it's yeah. huge. Um, and that that kawa is just is just choked on it. Like it's the 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 loop knot. It's the loop knot deep into its mouth. It's crazy. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. I couldn't believe they are they are a very aggressive species. Like they're not. I wouldn't. They're fun. You know, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't call them. I mean, any any kawa cast out on the flats eight. Um, they very rarely reject flies. They they bust up in big mosh pits like like tuna. Um, they stay up better than tuna. They're happy as. Uh, and um, I don't want to make them sound like they're dumb and down, but like man, and they fight hard. They they go so hard, like way harder. For, they punch 
way above their weight than you expect, eh? And they jump, yep. you know? Then they're cool as, man. It's uh, Yeah, they're very cool. Uh, I mean, what probably gives them uh, unfairly a bad name is, is there can be a lot of small ones, you know? Yes. And, that's, um, and they can be... Like any species that's small, they can be a lot happier than the bigger species, you know, bigger, the bigger in the species, I should say. Yeah. Um, and, and that's unfair, not really, I suppose, but it's so fun. It's it's really fun. It really is. Um, it's a great way if you're if there's nothing on the flats and you see birds working out in the, out in the channel and stuff, that to pop out there and and chuck a few flies in amongst the kawa. It's Heck it's yeah. it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, the snapper for me was. I, I said it to you before I came here, like, and incorrectly, mind you, I was like, kingfish, yeah, I'm keen to get a kingfish, but if, mate, if we see, I'm going to lose my shit if we see snapper in the shallows, you know, if we get skinny water snapper, that is, that is, that is a huge bucket list thing for me, you know, and man, I could not believe the, like, I thought it would be something like, oh my God, there's one, you know, sort of thing, or like, you know, oh, there, my God, there, we found them, you know, but I cannot, I you guys are so lucky you don't have pros working here, man. Like I tell you, because there is, there is a lot of snapper here, a lot, and it's um, and they're in all sorts of depths and conditions and stuff. But we never caught one. I don't think we caught one in anything deeper than, I think the sound might have said 1.6 meters or something like that. You know, yep. that was the, that was the deepest we caught snapper. We might have drifted out into two meters, but I don't think we caught anything. You know, they were all in skinny, shallow water. You know, it was um, it was awesome. It was really cool on all sorts of stuff. Yeah, clouses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> John's not a fan of clouses. Um, he yeah. just he just hasn't used beast Bush's bucktail, I think. But uh, that's right. Anyway, yep. no, shameless plug. Yeah. Um, anyway, I like them, and they work well for me. I don't think I caught a kingfish on a clouser. The only oh, did I? I can't. I don't think so. It was all on the shrimp fly. Mm. Anyway. Uh, the clouds have worked well for me for the snapper. That's for sure. It was good. Yeah, and different rates of retrieve, right? Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. So sometimes you're almost ripping it into recast. Mm. And then right, you know, right, uh, yeah. Yeah, they hunt They Close hunt pretty the actively. Boat, they, they hit hard. Yeah. That, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty good. They're pretty, they're really, really good. The Silver Tree Valley, um, when you say soft mouths, when you said that before when I've been uh, on the way over here, it seems to me, it sounded to me like they have mouths that are so frail that like they'll just get ripped to pieces from hooks, you know, like it, um, and I don't think that's right. I think that like when, when you say a soft mouth, I think people could consider a golden trevally. They've got yes. soft rubbery mouths, you yes. know, yeah. um, great to handle. Like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure kids can handle silver trevally like kids can handle golden trevally. There's no spikes on them or anything like yeah. that. Um, and they've got no teeth or anything like that. It, it, they do look very similar. They re- actually remind, I didn't say this here, but they remind me, I caught a golden trevally on Christmas Island once, and they remind me of those. They go super okay. hard. They just, they look like a, those ones on, on, I don't know why they call them goldens over there. They don't look like the same goldens we get in Australia. But um, they, they if you were to put, the people who are familiar with, who aren't familiar with Silver Trevally, but might be familiar with those ones on CXI, that's what the Silver Trevally look like here. And they go super hard. They go really hard. Now they 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 would be, I would say, very very similar, almost identical in bite to a golden trevally, you know, for sure. And they get um, we didn't find any of those up in in shallow like super. I mean, they were in shallow water, like the same sort of depth, like around that one point two, say, you know, um, but nothing up in like 
to sight fish sort of yeah. depth, you know. But you get them up in sight fish, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And do it. I mean, that's pretty cool. Do you get them in schools like that? Like, or singles? Uh, tend to be in pairs. There'll be singles. Uh, I think there's schools a bit in the deeper water. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, but you don't, I mean, schools up on the flats, I mean. No. Just singles. They're bigger fish too when you see them on the flats? Yes. Yeah. yeah particularly large guys. Yeah. yeah large guys. And, you know, uh, it might be switched actually onto bait fish. And, and, you know, like that large. Hmm. There is another species here that we spoke last time you were on the podcast that I saw this time, but we didn't target, um, was Parori, which is... Oh, my goodness, yeah. Which is um, New Zealand's version of a Ludric. Yeah. Which is so much bigger than the Australian one. You know, yeah. it's... Um, and, man, <laughs> incredible schools and, like, just huge, huge amounts of them, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. It's just... This place is... Tauranga Harbour's in the Bay of Plenty. Tauranga is so plentiful. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I can't, I cannot, I, can, I, I don't think I'm going to be expressed on this podcast just how much life and how many species are, are here. It's, mm. you'd have to see it for yourself. I think, um, what do you think about the place when I say it's undersold? Do you, do you agree? Absolutely. Look, it's, it's, yeah, I think you, you summarized it well. You know, part of me wants to say it's in its infancy, but people have been doing this for quite a while. Um, yeah, not, you know, I think it, it gets overshadowed uh, by the trout angling, mm. uh, which, is, which is fine. But normally if a trout angler comes out and experiences it, they, uh, yeah, they're pretty quick to sell their trout gear after it. <laughs> so, yeah, we're converting people pretty much weekly. Mm. which is nice and yeah it's it's growing it's growing yeah. every day yeah it's um i said earlier on the show that uh most australians are aware of aware of kingfish i just think that it's um at this stage of of time we'll probably look at back at this in 10 years and go remember when people were like they knew about it but they wouldn't commit to it yeah you know you you could probably regret this podcast in 10 years time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what yeah. there's 10 boats on the flats you know yeah but, um but look it's um I don't think it's possible. I, the the, the harbour's huge. The harbour's... You, you, some places, like harbours, harbour scenarios like that, mm. there's one end that works, the only end that works, you know? Um, in this harbour, it's all through the middle. It's at both ends. It's mm. it's, it's, it's incredible. Mm. The harbour's quite unique, I suppose, in that way. That like, um, it's, it's like any other sort of um, destination that's got a, a passage that's running parallel to an island or a large series of islands, I guess. Is it one island? One Is there one island that separates the harbour at the front here? Or is it a, a series of islands, of broken islands? So you've got uh, you've got Matakana that runs on the outside there. Yep. Um, but there's no, in the harbour itself, there's no solid separation from one side to the other. Like it's all, it's all uh, one body of water. Yeah. You mentioned that... Um, in casual conversation that the the like when the so as you would expect which I, maybe some people don't consider like you got two ends of the harbor so you got two ends of a run-in tie yes so it's not like it the run-in tide like one end's running out and one end's running in mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. both ends run in and um and right. and to talk about the diversity of this harbor when you mentioned that the the you were saying that there's been studies for a crass way of putting it from my way of remembering it 
that they've noticed that the bodies of water don't mix. Yeah. I'm sure the species crossover, like there yeah. might be fish that traverse the whole length and stuff, but one end is completely different to the other. One end is, is seems clearer and cleaner and so on, or a different bottom. Mm. Um, and one end is um, has got a lot more milkier sort of flats, but but then has like um, on one of the flats at one end, it was just the gin clear oceanic water, mm. you know? Um, my point is the diversity again. Like I keep pushing the diversity of it. I mean, we found some of these some of the fish that we're used to with with flats need flow, like no run, no fun, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And there's there's definitely a lot of kingfish and snapper and so like that in in high high flowing water here. But we found we found ray riders up in um like dead like still arms yeah. like That's arms right. that just just that just fill up yeah. and 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 fill up and down. They don't flow. Yeah, and, and it can be right under the people's noses, you know. Yeah, there's, there's houses looking out at us. Yeah, you know, what one couple was out in their uh, what do you call them, robes and stuff. Yeah, with a T looking out at us, and, and we're chasing riders. Yeah, yeah, so, no, it's um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I don't think there's plenty of maps if people can get on there and satellite and check it out. I mean, you, I did the same thing. I got on Google Maps and I really combed the place. Not, not for any reason. I mean, I was going to get shown around, but I just wanted to have a look and get excited and saw that. And and I think that anyone who was going to go have a look at maps and go, look at that flat, look at that flat. Yeah, that flat works. I don't think there'd be a flat that you'd look at here and go. I mean, I'm sure there's, excuse me, I'm sure that there's flats and there's marks that you've got on on all the flats here, and there's probably ones you prefer to go to. I mean, there was places that we wouldn't move much more than 500 meters around it. I remember saying to you, are are you here because you haven't been over there? And you were like. I have been over there, but at this stage of the tide and this at this point at the time of the last few weeks, that flat's been too dirty to go over there. Surely this, I'm sure there's fish there. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, so uh, re- disregarding local conditions at the time, I would I would wager that every flat in this harbour works at That's given true. times. Sure. You know? And it changes through the season. Uh, mm. Bait fish move around. Uh, some flats really light up. So others quieten. Yeah, it's, it's good to know that. Is flat fishing available all year round here? Yeah, can do, can do. Uh, the species concentrations change, but absolutely one can fly fish all year round. Mm. Well, I'm going to pick out there because if I heard that, I would. Is that like you said, you can fly fish all year round, but can you fish flats all, all year round? The, the, for, you know, the snapper and trevally stuff can be quite exceptional. Um, so in the in the cooler months, kingfishery side of things, you really want that warmer water. You can find them, but you would have to put in more hours, and you would see less. But the the guys that you do see, uh, they tend to be the larger ones. Mm. Uh, so if you are you know if you are that crazy of an angler and you get it, that could that could really appeal to you. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty interesting. I keep coming back to the snapper, and for me, it was it was really popular in that. I've never heard, and I said I've mentioned earlier that um, Australians will turn around and go, "Oh, you're going to New Zealand fish saltwater? Like, um, good luck on the kings, you know?" Yeah. No one ever says good luck on the snapper. I oh, really, man. I really don't think people realize. Yeah, like like you, I don't understand it. If I, if I have a day off or I go fish for pleasure, I'm fishing for snapper at the moment. Mm. I I love the takes, the the spontaneity of the takes, the power. Um, and I think they're beautiful fish. Yeah, the colorations as they change through their life, the 
big tail, gnarly mouth, you know, the teeth chomp. They're strong. Dude, they, yeah. They're strong. They'll, they'll, they'll generally always get you onto the reel. I mean, the smaller ones can't, yeah. but I mean, the smaller any species can't. Yeah. You know, that, that last king yeah. I caught yesterday, that didn't even get on the reel, you know? Like yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly you right. Know? So it's, um, yeah. uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't a big fish, you know? And, um, yeah, obviously the, again, the, the king fishery is, is normally the one marketed and, and the one most people come to experience, mm. but that, that snapper stuff, man. Uh, yeah. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, it's just my own opinion, but I think it's it's special. I would say to anyone who's, who's looking at, um, you know, perhaps you, you know, you've spent a, a fair bit of time saltwater fly fishing around Australia or you've gone to, you know, the, the McDonald's of saltwater fly fishing in Christmas Island <laughs> and you're looking, you're, you've done it, you, you, you know, like you want to go on your trip and you're, and you're looking for something that's new and exciting. And when I say that and I put myself in the position as a listener, I find it hard to get sold on something that's like when someone says it's new and it's exciting. It's the it's the new like this really is. This is a this is a hidden mecca. And like again, like you're not gonna you might people might think I'm sensationalizing. You're gonna be quite conservative in your approach to to, to talking it up. I don't think I'm being. I don't think I am sensationalizing it when I say that. I really don't. I Dude, truly I, believe. I live here for a reason, yeah. man. You know, yeah. I'm I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with this stuff and the place. Yeah, I love it. So, so you know. what happened with you with trout fishing? Why, why do you not? Why do you? I mean, oh man, I dipped my toes in the salt, and that was it. That's I, it, eh? Yeah, yeah. it's nothing yeah, to do with like, nothing to do with knocking the trout fishing. It's just no, no. Look, I was besotted with trout growing up. Mm. I was, I was crazy about it, and 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 uh, many things have have crossed over, and I've been able to bring over, been able to bring from from the trout uh, background. But yeah, soon, <laughs> yeah, as, as soon as I saw those kings in the shallows, uh, just a, the, the difficulty in the pursuit and it appealed to me so much and trying to do this with the fly rod, you know, I was quite young well, at, at the time, man, I, I loved it. Mm. I loved it. I that, didn't turn my head once. I was, I was like, yep, this is me. This you, is me. You said something then that's, um. That we haven't brought up, and I and I want to is the difficulty of it, you know, yeah. like. Oh um, man, absolutely. I, you and I are speaking about it, and we're making making it sound glamorous, but people need to understand these are these are these can be very big fish, and and we're trying to fly fish for them. I mean, if you if you think about that, just it's it's a stupid. It's, it's a, if it yeah, wasn't for stupid. <laughs> if it wasn't for the flats. Yeah. If it wasn't for the flats and the, and the type of bottom that's here, that there's nowhere they can head to rub you off, besides a marker or something like that, yeah. you wouldn't land these fish. Yeah. You know, if you try to if you try to put a fly in front of some of those fish in deep water or off a reef or a ledge or something, yeah. I don't think a 15 weight is going to stop them. The kings are incredibly strong, mm. incredibly strong. Mm. For for the size to weight, I would actually I reckon kahawai are probably probably stronger size to weight. You know, yeah. and um, yeah. but. But I mean, as far like they they are stronger than a trevally. Like it might a kingfish is is definitely stronger than a trevally. You know, yeah. that's a massive statement, and a lot of people are going to yeah. oh, good one. Heck yeah, it, I I'm going to stand by. I reckon for us a uh, kingfish of similar length to a trevally, yeah, they're faster and they're stronger. Yeah. You know, I I I like I said at the beginning. I uh, well during the podcast, I assimilate my experience to bonefish, to kingfish. 
I think as far as um, speed's concerned, they've got they're, they're, they're not as fast as a bonefish, but they're very close. As far as the strength's concerned, they're way stronger than a bonefish, way, way stronger than a bonefish. Um, yeah. I mean, you got that combined with the way they eat. Like, they, they can be fished like their GTs. They can be fished like their bonefish. They can be fished like their permit. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, one thing I, I, I do regret is I spent, I didn't get on it fast enough, is was putting crab flies in front of them. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to keep getting that, you know, once I got the skunk out of the boat, I just kept wanting to do, to get more because it's a short trip. But it wasn't until it clicked too late in the trip for me. I'm like, oh, I should be putting crab flies in front of these things, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think they'd eat it for sure. I mean, oh, you guys have caught them. We have. Um, you guys have caught them on crabs before, right? We have, yes. And we've got these these beautiful images of of, uh, of the crabs that the kings have scoffed up, whether that you know in, in the net or, or in, in in the time of landing the fish. You know, and then yeah, it's uh shouldn't be overlooked. Shouldn't mm. be overlooked by people. Yeah, well, I think that I think that's the general approach to that style of fodder that they eat is is what's overlooked. Like I said, like I think many people have considered them to be bait fish eaters, strictly, not not um, not not foragers of the benthic strata. <laughs> that's I mean that's what they're doing on the rays, really. Like I mean the rays scaring um, these these um, these tidal zone creatures yeah. out of the way, and and they're sitting over the top of the ray and just picking off anything that gets just bails out of the way of the right. of the stingray. It's as simple as that. And uh, when you think about what moves out of the way or what's sitting on the bottom and gets frightened by that um, stingray, it's not a um, it's not a thirty centimeter mullet, you know. But the kingfish has still got it in them to hit that beast, you know. At the same time, it's really strange. It's it's very cool. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, yeah, everything about it, everything about it's cool. That's for sure. I really um, I really don't think that there's I've left anything behind here you know as far as experience here even, even in four days yeah you know and in the four days two two of those days were kind of one i wouldn't say they were right off because we talked about the diversity that's there but for what i wanted to do with uh, light winds and clear skies and and um being able to see every kingfish that came across the flats i've definitely um definitely spent um you know definitely achieved that that's for sure oh, yeah Look at today. Today's just, <laughs> I don't even want to look out the window. It's, it's so glamour. It's so nice. Um, but yeah, it can, is what it is, I suppose. Can you reschedule that flight, hey? It's a bit too good today. So. <laughs> I would yeah. love to. Yeah. I'd love to be Peter Pan and just uh, never grow up and live here. That'd be, this would yeah. be great. Oh, we're going to have you back, man. Yeah. Got to get, uh, got to get Volte over here as well and, and get him to experience it. And yeah, would be, uh, would be really lovely to have you have you back and have you both here again sometime? Yeah. So to people to understand the travel aspect, though, like I flew from Brisbane to Auckland mm-hmm. and then I got a flight from Auckland to Tauranga. It, um, it was only like 40 minutes, but it's, uh, I mean, you can get, you can bus it here. I think the bus ride bus trip was like a five hour trip or something like that, mm-hmm. um, um, which would have been cool. Would have been cool to have a look around New Zealand, but I wanted to get here to fish. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'd like to have a look, man. New Zealand's a beautiful country, beautiful country. I'm consistently blown away by how lush and green and 
uh, you know, it's just 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 beautiful the place is. Yeah, and you can walk around in the bush. Hey, how amazing was that? That's probably one of your main highlights. Did you notice the smile on my face when I come, when I'm walking out walking through the bush? Oh, yeah. uh, did you? Like, I yeah, don't know yeah. if I was showing yeah, it, man. Yeah. My, my face would have been. I saw beaming. you skipping in there, man. Like... <laughs> you know what's weird is that like um the fear, like it does. It's, it's uh, uh, fear is probably an incorrect word. The awareness that you shouldn't be walking here as an Australian, mm. it's. I mean, I've only been here for a short period of time, but I kind of wanted and expected that I would be cognitive, cognitive of that and be like, um, and not allow it to affect me. It's, it's obviously ingrained in us, you know. I, I kind of, I remember walking through some some reeds, and then there was a a, a water, like a small depression there with a water hollow, water water wallow there, I guess you could say, like a little bit of tannin stained water up in the back of the bank and stuff like that there. I'm looking at that going, man. If, if there's not a red belly black snake in there, I'd eat my hat. It's um, but then you're, oh, I'm in New Zealand. I can, I can, I could, um, I could river dance around that thing for all that mattered, you know. <laughs> it's very cool. It must be, it must be, it must be pretty surreal to to grow up in the bush around here and have absolutely no fear of of anything that could hurt you, you know. Yeah. It's um, it's weird and like what a what a scenery to to do that in. Like the the bush here is beautiful. Beautiful. And to, to, I'd love to come back to just completely and thoroughly enjoy the bush, you know, like like that without um, – oh, look, I don't live in fear in Australia either, but I'm mindful that, um, you know, I don't go stick my, my, my bare leg into a, um, a hollow log that's near the river, you know. Yep. <laughs> I could do that here. <laughs> yeah. It's – um, yeah, it's pretty cool. There's no reptile. Is there reptiles here? So you got lizards. Oh, I've got little, little uh, lizards and, and geckos and. You guys have got the Asian house gecko here too, right? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm that not little sure gecko that clicks it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That thing, yeah, that's that's uh, that can't be native here, obviously, right? Obviously, it's not Asian house gecko. I'm guessing. Probably in the in the name. Oh, I can't remember if if New Zealand has a native species of gecko. Oh, okay. There's something uh, funny there. Mm. Uh, I know we've got our our native. Uh, species of frogs and silent frogs and then obviously introduced ones but the geckos i can't remember yeah right okay yeah. fascinating yeah look at that we look only care about the kingfish really yeah, but yeah. tune in to the intermediate line and <laughs> now you're now you're learning about geckos <laughs> <laughs> i bet you didn't expect that yeah well look mate we might put a ribbon on this um it's a little bit of a short show but um kind of got to get going that sounds good man let's get you to a flight Yep, no worries. Well, look, um, thanks again, dude. Really yeah. appreciate the time you've um, afforded me here, time for the podcast. Like I said, the hospitality you and your family have shown me has just been overwhelming. It's just, um, yeah, it's it's incredible. This whole thing has been a uh, fantastic experience, one of the best fishing trips I've ever been on in my life. Um, with all that combined, but in, in if I was even looking at the fishing, it is for sure. Yeah. The fishing is incredible. Always, always a pleasure, man, and and you're you're spot on. It's uh, it's uh, it's not a it's not a me operation, you know, with 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 my partner and 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 Dustin and obviously all these amazing people around me. Uh, we all make it happen. Mm. Yeah, I think with the with the um with that um the 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 knowledge you're acquiring of these species in this area with the data collection we talked about before. Man, I've I've put up a post recently in calling you the premier saltwater fly fishing guide of New Zealand. 
you are not going to accept that because of who you are. <laughs> I get that, but I stand by that. And now I've experienced it, and I I, I double down on that, mate. It's, no worries, um, man. it's fantastic, no yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, folks, go and check out Gian's. Um, what's your what's your social media stuff? Uh, everything is just under Kings to be found. The, the website, the Instagram. You're on, on Facebook as well? On Facebook as well, if you still yeah. use Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I asked. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Also, before we go, you did a recent article in the Mission Fly Mag, which I believe uh, yeah. is an online mag that you can yeah. just get for free. Cool dudes. Uh, you know, definitely worth checking out. It's a super magazine, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if obviously if fly fishing or even just fishing is your passion, uh the photography and and the i guess comp- compilation of, of different anglers and their stories in this magazine yeah I a mean, lot of it is for sure yeah it's, yeah it's man check it out it's um yeah mm. it's pretty well done it's yeah. free it's free and it's online so well, you don't need to do shit it's probably going to be a different approach to what you've heard on the on the um, podcast here mm. um about gian's fishery is there much about you in there uh yeah yeah but i mean <laughs> even not me <laughs> Just, just, uh, yeah, just what they've done with the magazine is great. But they did a great job of summarizing the, the fishery here in New Zealand, mm. um, our approaches and the gear, and yeah. So if if you're into into the gear side of things, that might be a a, a good article uh, to check out. Um, yeah. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that gear, yeah, but if you at the tail end of it, just bring just bring it. You're gonna use an eight weight more than anything else. Eight weight, sweet. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I provide all the gear. If you've got particular things you like fishing with, bring them with. We'll try to put a bend in it. Mm. Um, bring yeah. a 10 weight too, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> bring a 10 weight, but your 8 weight's probably going to be using the most. Yeah. Yeah. All right, dude. Uh, Captain Humble. Let's. Um, Sick, man. <laughs> let's get out of here. Let me, let's get back to the land down under. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Chris. No worries. <laughs>